I don't know how many of you subscribe to the word among us, uh, but uh, this morning their reflection, oh, nicely done. Uh, their reflection on this gospel really touched my heart. And uh, I think I, I could have just got up and read it. Uh, it so got me, but uh, I do want to talk about Cornelius and Cyprian because um, it's an amazing look at our early church. Uh, whenever we hear that someone like Cornelius was named Pope, I know what we think of now, and I get it, but it was nothing like that then. There was no prestige uh, with that title for most of the world, or even a vague awareness of it. Christianity was a very small religion in a very big empire. And we tended back then to give away anything we had as a church. So it wasn't like he dressed in finery or any of these things. And in fact, I remember in seminary, one of our profs saying, you could walk by the Pope and not know it. Uh, you know, yet at the same time, what made them stand out, again, was not a secular recognition of their political import, but in this case in particular, Cornelius was a holy man. He was a brave man. And he spoke the truth in such a way as to try to unite the church as it was just starting to fracture a bit. Christianity was still illegal at this time. And so Christians were uh, pretty much, you know, think of it this way. If you were a Christian, you were willing to die to be a Christian. And so if you try to bring peace between two people willing to die who disagree with each other over the definition of what they're to die for, you got your hands full, yeah? But the Lord used him. The Lord used his formidable brain, his beautiful heart, and he spoke the truth, and in that was exiled and died or killed. Uh, his friend was Cyprian, and you can read their letters to each other. And Cyprian was the bishop of Carthage, and if you know your history, it's funny to think of the bishop of Rome and the bishop of Carthage working together, uh, but they sure did. And both of them were in love with one thing above all other, and it's Jesus Christ. Because of them, we are a better church. And I thank the Lord for their fidelity, for their uh, using their minds, and, and for the way that they gave up their lives for our faith. Today, I think it's a good opportunity to ask what we would give up our lives for. And I do believe if you're here at 8 a.m. on a Friday, uh, you would die for Jesus. I do, I, I would assume. But today we're being asked to live for Jesus. And that is something we're all called to do. So we will live for Jesus today by being most interested in truth, whether it makes us uncomfortable or comfortable. By being interested in serving the poor, whether it's easy or whether it's hard. By being interested in growing in knowledge of who God is and what that means. And to that end, as we prepare to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, may we be willing to use the grace he gives us there to live for him today. Amen.